Now on the Business Radio X Network, it's the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast, where we sit down twice a month with successful executives and talk to them about their leadership philosophies, how they have risen to high levels of success, and how they are now leveraging their Enneagram power to continue their growth journeys. I am your host, Linda John, Executive Coach and Certified Enneagram Practitioner, and we are broadcasting from the Tucson Business Radio X Studios, located in the Stewart Title Company building on Broadway Boulevard in sunny Tucson, Arizona. Anna Tansky is my special guest for today's Self-Aware Leader podcast. Anna is the president and CEO of Visit Duluth in Minnesota, the official destination and tourism leadership organization for Duluth. And this is a position she has held since 2014. Prior to her role as president and CEO, Anna was the sales director at Visit Duluth for nine years and the sales director for the Duluth Entertainment and Convention Center, known as the DEC, for 14 years before that. She is a native of Superior, Wisconsin, where she graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Superior with a degree in communications and English. She and her husband, Jason, live in Duluth and have two adult children and two grandchildren. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you so much, Linda. It is absolutely wonderful to join you today. Oh, I'm excited to have this chat with you. We've been working together with the Enneagram for quite some time now with both you and your full team. And I'm excited for you to share some of those experiences with our audience. Now, you are the president and CEO of Visit Duluth, which is a destination and tourism leadership organization located in northern Minnesota. In fact, our paths crossed in our past life because I was doing a similar role in Eau Claire, Wisconsin until I uh, launched the coaching practice in Tucson here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your organization, what uh, convention visitor bureaus or destination marketing organizations do, and how important they are are in the role of what the city does? Well, it is amazing when you start to tell the story of of what you do, because um, sharing that is just absolutely a, a thrill, because we are sort of the concierge to a city or a destination, and we are here to serve as a resource to the, the visitor and the consumer to let them know everything that we want to share as a local. We are here to be a resource within our own community, whether it's through economic development initiatives, whether it's through um, working to bring meetings, conventions, sporting and team competitions, all of the things that work to create tourism overall. I think, um, you know, for many years, over many decades, tourism was seen as the leisure getaway, the, the vacation, mm -hmm. which it is, yeah. but it's so much more than that. And so having an opportunity to share a little bit more and tell more about what that story is, yes. when you are the marketing organization for a destination, it really is um, a broader perspective that you get to share about the heartbeat of what your city really is. Yes, yeah, so true. And I love the fact that you brought in that local piece, lo local resident piece as well. 
And, you know, if we look at our roles, your, your, your role and my former role, how it looked one or two decades ago, it was really more focused on that outside visitor and those dollars coming in. And that's really evolved into more of um, shared community values, hasn't it? It absolutely has, and it's about being an asset within your own community. And so much of what we used to do um, years ago, everything was focused outward. And then it became very apparent that our true value wasn't being recognized or realized within our own communities. And so looking inward within our own um boundaries within our our region or our city or the community really allowed us to start developing relationships that Mm -hmm. increased our reach overall. And so it's sort of ironic when you look at how inward facing can actually create a broader scope of work and a much greater impact for your destination. It's about collaboration and really realizing the full potential of a destination beyond just the visitor economy. Yes, so, so true. And that's a great segue into the next thing I did want to bring up with you is um, when I worked with you, um, especially during our executive one-on-one coaching relationship, it became so clear to me that one of the keys to your success as a leader has been your ability to collaborate with multiple entities to achieve really what's in the best interest of the greater good for Duluth. Can you share what some of those key collaborations have been in the evolution of your organization under your leadership and how did those contribute to successful outcomes for Duluth? It's been really a tremendous accomplishment that I am proud of, and it's sometimes difficult to say that um, because it's not easy to start establishing these relationships when you've been maybe um, sort of invisible within your own community, for lack of a better word. And so it started early on in 2014 when I first entered into this role and um, reached out to our local chamber of commerce. Many people will confuse a chamber of commerce with a DMO or a convention and visitors bureau because we do have many ways that our um, objectives can align, but very different missions. Our chamber, especially here in Duluth, is focused on business development, on um, business retention, I would say, as well as, you know, really developing that base within our community and an environment where it is much more friendly for businesses to either expand or relocate. Sure. However, we found so many areas where we were possibly overlapping and could really become much more efficient through a collaboration on relocating individuals here because that same emotional appeal that draws a visitor to our community Mm -hmm. is that same emotional appeal that draws someone to relocate or accept a position here in our community. And then we expanded into working with higher education. We have three colleges and universities Mm -hmm. here in Duluth. So we went beyond just welcoming students during welcome week to um, working with the coaches who are trying to recruit athletes here to working with the higher education community on meetings and conventions to host in Duluth. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, 
it's again all tied in to so much of the emotion that draws someone to your destination and then capitalizing on that within economic development in our city um, and becoming a part of our mayor's economic development coalition that meets monthly and now visit Duluth has a seat at that table where we are able to be a resource when there's a business recruitment effort or um, whatever outreach or project that's taking place, we are now a resource and able to contribute to that actively. So yeah. on many different levels, it has been a tremendous success, not just for Visit Duluth, but for the city of Duluth. Uh, so strategic. And those are great examples with, I'm, I'm sure, great immediate results, but ongoing momentum overall for the city, right? Absolutely. And I think it's because it's spread over so many different types of industries within our city. Mm-hmm. And tourism is our second largest industry in Duluth. So, um, you know, it's something that's very visible as far as um, maybe, a, you know, you know, when visitors are here and you can certainly tell when they aren't, <laughs> right. especially in this current climate. We'll talk about but, that soon, too. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think it's when you start to establish the value that you can bring and that you want to share and that um, there can be common goals where before it would have been, why would Visit Duluth align with our medical, regional medical centers to help recruit professionals to come here? And at the same time, why wouldn't we? Right. And so... When you talk about the lasting effects, it's been um, going on seven years now, but at the same time, it's very much in its infancy because we certainly can continue to realize additional areas where this will continue to flourish and grow. That's so great. You know, all the buzz in the destination marketing industry right now is aligning with economic development and some of the exact same strategies that you're sharing. I hope that they're tapping your shoulder for input on that because it really is amazing the things that you were doing really uh, before it was a trend. And I'm really grateful that we have been able to be embraced by the business community, by city leadership in that process, because I do feel it has given us a leg up as we all continue to navigate and move forward. So because it was established prior to any type of crises or issues, um, we now have that well um, defined relationship and there's trust and there's results. So really the three-legged stool that now we're all stepping on as we're trying to lift up our our city and and our business community. Right. It's just, it's amazing. And when you think about the logic of it, whether you're going to go to Duluth for as a student for college or start a business or, uh, you know, work for one of the businesses there, everything does start with a visit, right? And so your services and role is really, really important. And it's really been, um, it's been great to sort of realize that ourselves within Mm -hmm. our organization to say, wait a minute, we have an important role to play here. And it lets us tell our story within so many different um, types of sectors within the business community that we probably didn't do a great job telling our own story and sharing the tremendous community value that we can bring. And so 
those are opportunities once you identify them that probably have existed for decades, but we just weren't able to get our arms around that and really, really um, leverage that for not just our industry, but for the city overall. That's fantastic. I'm going to throw a little curveball at you now because we hadn't even talked about this prior to getting on the call here, and you did not include it in your bio because you're so humble. But I'm wondering if some of these initiatives were part of what led to you getting statewide recognition um, in Minnesota as a tourism industry leader. Can you share that recognition and tell me if that was connected at all to those initiatives? You are absolutely correct that we did not talk about this ahead of time. Um, But thank you for that acknowledgement. It was a tremendous honor to be recognized uh, as the Outstanding Individual in Tourism um, for Explore Minnesota, the statewide tourism arm of our, our state of Minnesota. And it was in recognition of collaboration within our industry across the state, um, working with partners in other communities and doing advocacy on behalf of the tourism industry, as well as the efforts that we had established here in Duluth that lifted up the presence and recognition of what we do here. So thank you for that acknowledgement, Linda, but it was a tremendous honor and very, very humbling. And congratulations for that. I had a feeling it had to do with all of your collaborative spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's switch gears a little bit. You spent close to 25 years in sales roles promoting Duluth as a convention and visitor destination prior to assuming your CEO role at Visit Duluth. How do you think those years of selling your city helped to prepare you for your current role? That was a tremendous foundation um, for which I will be forever grateful because it really was where I cut my teeth on what it took to not only sell a destination, but to passionately embrace the assets that you so want to identify that set you apart and celebrate those. And it it became so much a fiber woven within um, all that I would do, no matter what my sales role was and identifying ways that it aligned with the needs of your client, not Mm -hmm. just taking a shoehorn and fitting them in and writing a contract and booking it. It was so much more than that and so tremendously focused on the relationships and trust that you had to establish with those clients because it was not a quick and easy process. Duluth, Minnesota, as wonderful and spectacular and unique as we are, is not a first-tier destination, right? and therefore, we had our work cut out for us. And so I loved the challenge of needing to work really hard um, for a tremendously long period of time in some cases to convince a client that this would be a remarkable success and that we were here with them every step of the way. And so being able to sort of roll up your sleeves and really, really dig into a challenge like that was so (laughs) rewarding. And it really, I think, um, helped me develop the tenacity that it was going to take to stick with some of the initiatives in this leadership role that 
you just can't throw up your arms and give up because it's going to take a long time in some cases to achieve your vision or to get others on board and help you recognize what you have as identified as maybe the full potential of a situation that you just really, really need those foundational skills. And I have relied on them yes. time and time again in this role. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm all of a sudden connecting what you said with it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> because you're known for Grandma's Marathon, which is one of your key events in the city. I've participated a couple of times and all of a sudden I was like thinking that comparison made a lot of sense for what you're talking about. It makes a lot of sense at so many levels. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. The other thing you said that I wanted to circle back on is when you talked about it being like a fiber over all those years connecting with clients, I imagine the same was somewhat true with the industry stakeholders and tourism businesses and those relationships over time that you were able to build. Is that correct? Absolutely, especially in a destination like Duluth, where we have relatively low turnover in our industry. The hospitality industry is notorious for providing remarkable opportunities for advancement. And because of that, the pace can be um, relatively short for stints in different positions because people are climbing rapidly. And that's the beauty of our industry. But here in Duluth, we have remarkable longevity. So the opposite end of that spectrum. And so those relationships with our key stakeholders and industry partners was really essential in helping shape the success that we've been able to have um, with me in a leadership role, but also in refocusing Visit Duluth's mm-hmm. um, presence in our community over these last few years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would have been as successful if there weren't those decades of yeah. relationships right. that had been established and nurtured and um, really developed. It was mm-hmm. very intentional to make sure that not just taking care of our clients, but taking care of our partners. Right. And the other part of the fiber that's coming to mind for me, tell me if this is true in your um, city, but just the interest in the stories of a place, the storytelling, and knowing sort of the local characters that are part of those stories. Did you, have, did you find that to be true too, is being able to weave that into the fiber of all of this? It's so much a part of what we do. And I think that's certainly not necessarily unique to Duluth anymore. I think more and more destinations are recognizing that we all have a story to tell. And the best thing about it is all of our stories are different. We all have a beginning and a middle, and we certainly hope we don't have an end. So um, there's so many different chapters, but yet It's all in identifying what those are and then celebrating those. But also when you unearth something in your own destination that you weren't aware of or that you learned through um, exploration at, at a whole different perspective that maybe you've known about forever, but you didn't know why, or yeah. you didn't know how it came to be. Yes. Those are the stories that really start to tell your destination story. Yes. So when you, you get depth like that mm-hmm. um, and really, really start to get into those layers, and I, that to me is really what 
help set your own destination or your own business or your own whatever segment of the industry you're in, that's mm-hmm. where you create your own identity. Yes. And that has been tremendous as, as part of this entire process. That's wonderful. Well, you alluded to it earlier, and we really can't skip over the topic of the impacts that you have experienced, negative or positive. Um, Hopefully there's some good stories out of this, too, Um, in leading your organization during a global pandemic. What's going on there? How are you doing? And what are you seeing as the biggest impacts, negative or positive? Well, it's it's easy to focus on the negative, um, so I will, but I won't linger on it. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. Um, it's very telling for our industry to see the impact and immediate devastation that has been experienced now for multiple months um, across every part of the hospitality and tourism industry, whether it's restaurants, whether it's lodging, whether it's attractions, whether it's museums, um, you know, it's been an absolute, we've been decimated. I mean, there's no other way to characterize it and more so than really any other part of our economy in, in the entire U.S. However, there are silver linings. And through every crisis, you can identify what those are. And what it's done is bring our industry together in a way that we may not have experienced otherwise, where now more than ever, the value Visit Duluth brings to these small businesses is not only appreciated, it's being celebrated because they are relying on us as the destination marketing organization to drive their business because mm-hmm. they don't have a spare dime to do so on their own. Yes, right. And we take that responsibility so seriously and shoulder that um, responsibility mm-hmm. and carry it forward in all that we do. And so it has created unique collaborations within um, competing I would say competing destinations here in Northern Minnesota where we have fared better than some other parts of our state and around the Midwest, because thankfully we are a spectacular outdoor destination where we were able to capitalize on that. Yes. So we partnered with our two neighboring destinations that are North of Duluth and created Dream North MN, which is, um, it was comprised of a social media campaign that we shared equally across all of our platforms. And it really got a lot of traction. And it's something we'll probably continue in the future, even when we are out of this crisis. So there are, there are certainly opportunities that we were able to identify. And um, it's, it's also helped us branch out into other areas that we maybe wouldn't have been a part of, whether it came to funding resources or, or other parts within economic development. Wow. That, those are great impacts from the, on the positive end. And, you know, we, especially when you think about, um, one, just the collaboration to get through a crisis, but then something that was born in a crisis that's going to have life after that's a that's a big win. It is. It's absolutely unexpected. And so I think that's when you start to say, wow, you know, this is pretty powerful. Yeah. And 
it, it was it was absolutely a direct result of us coming together in a crisis. So good. We're, we're very excited to see where it goes. Good for you. Well, we are getting ready to shift into our work together as you and your team learned about the Enneagram types and strategies to support your continued success. So when we come back from a short break, we will dig deep into more Enneagram discussions with Anna Tansky, President and CEO of Visit Duluth, and we will be right back. This podcast episode is sponsored by Linda John Consulting, and I'm speaking today with her. Tell me about Linda John Consulting, Linda, and why people are attracted to your business. You bet. Well, we are a coaching and consulting business. We have a wide array of services, including executive coaching, strategic planning, team development programs, um, really all focused on uh, individual leadership growth and uh, organizational development. And so at a time like now when times are tough and a lot of organizations are going through a lot of change, we have the services that can help people get back on track and really grow. Well, corporations report that executive coaching is a key to making their businesses thrive. What makes your coaching practice unique? And why would someone choose Linda John Consulting? Well, I love to use an assessment tool known as the Enneagram, which is a personality assessment, um, puts, puts people into nine different main types and teaches them integration strategies for how to be the best version of themselves. I do have a lot of uh, programs focused on other strategies as well, but this really is one of our key success strategies with Linda John Consulting and people really are seeing the benefits from this, these programs. Okay, Linda, so what are the best ways for people to contact with you? Best way is just go to lindajohnconsulting.com and click on set up a consultation and we'll be back in touch and we'll get you started. We are visiting with Anna Tansky, the president and CEO of Visit Duluth, the official destination and tourism leadership organization of Duluth, Minnesota. Anna, you and I have been coaching together for much of this year using the Enneagram Strengths-Based Assessment Tool, and we are ready to hear more from you about that whole experience. So I always like to start with the big, the big reveal. What is your Enneagram type, and what are your favorite features of your type? Well, I am a type eight, which um, is an active controller, and I had no prior knowledge or experience with the Enneagram. So this, even though I had done other types of modeling and uh, models around types, this was new to me. And so what I embraced about my favorites are that I tend to be um, very decisive and um, strong in my commitment or conviction that I have a clear vision and I tend to not even hesitate when it comes to defining what that is. It just seems to be right there for me and I, I'm able to go with it. And, um, I have, you know, I would say that creates a, an atmosphere where people feel they can come to me for advice because they will just get a very clear and direct answer. So those are some of my favorite traits about being an eight. 
You know, the name, the, the technical name through this assessment for the eight is the active controller. I also like to call it the confident leader. I think it sounds a little bit more I true. I like that way better, Linda. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. More of a healthy, healthy eight. Um, and in talking about the type eight, I've heard you use the word resolute before. And I think this also got a little bit draws back to that word tenacity that I heard coming up in earlier conversations today. I absolutely feel that because after going through this whole evaluation process and then the discovery and the learning at a deeper level, I, that is very clearly a part of, very much a part of what um, makes me me. Yeah. And um, it's it, it just comes so naturally that I think when you're going through this process, you don't necessarily maybe identify that in yourself right away. Right. But um, it is very clearly a a key attribute of being an eight, the tenacity and and being very resolute. And I guess to me, that's that is confidence mm -hmm. because you are very self-assured that you have a decision that you stand behind 100 percent. And there's right. there's really no gray area there. Exactly. Well, you mentioned about sort of this self-discovery, and the Enneagram is such a powerful tool for self-awareness. In fact, there was a recent research study done uh, by Cornell University last year that identified the top indicator of leadership success of individuals is a high level of self-awareness. So that's one of the reasons I love this assessment, um, the Enneagram. What do you think was the most impactful self-awareness aha moment for you through this process? And how did you leverage that for your own personal growth and that of your team? Oh, that is such a great question um, because I probably had several aha moments, <laughs> um, honestly. I think the biggest was recognizing that um, when others on your team or that you're closely associated with aren't an eight, that you can come across as being perhaps impatient or um, too direct yes. or un almost unapproachable because you're so strong in your you know, <laughs> commitment to that decision right. that there may not be room for discussion or it may be intimidating at some level um, for someone on your team to be hesitant to even ask a question or challenge you because you come across so as so confident in, in yeah. that decision. And that was... Um, and especially for someone who isn't an eight to be able to approach you as someone in leadership, that was a tremendous aha moment for me. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of uh, type eight clients who are, are also surprised by that and that they can come across as intimidating to others, which they don't realize or understand at all. But people who work with them are, oh, yeah, really, definitely, you know, this sort of great, you know, higher presence that's very strong and, you know, a little bit intimidating, I guess. And I would much rather be fierce than intimidating, but <laughs> in a leadership role. But um, right. but I think that it, it was a reality for me, a big reality check when I had that realization and and really acknowledged, I can see how now I can see how 
I absolutely could be perceived that way, even if it was not in any way my intention. Right, exactly. The other thing is um, there are different types of eights, and your particular type, eight, is a social eight, um, very connected with the greater good, and there is a heart connection with the eight also. And so while um, eights can come across as that a little intimidating or fierce. Really, they have a really uh, strong connection to other people, and especially if there's someone in an underdog role, they're going to be the protector of that person. Absolutely, and I think that has helped me in this role um, when you are working to develop a team, and especially in challenging times, but even in the good times. It's really... um, When you talk about the greater good as well, it's the greater good of your team, your organization. But in in our case, too, it's for the greater good of our destination. Yes. And really, um, so there's so many ways to look at that. And that is at the core of what I do, why I do it, how I do it. And I go back to that a lot. And um, having this higher level of self-awareness, I probably am even more cognizant of it now (laughs) than before we started. Right. Um, Even though I knew it was always there, um, it it really did um, bring it to the forefront for me. And then working with team members who... Or, or others within your destination that might be seen as the underdog, that's where you get to really, um, I think, work toward development of that individual or whatever you know, entity you're dealing with to lift them up because it becomes about the greater good of seeing them succeed. Yes, and so, so true. Um, I, it was very reassuring to be a social eight that I learned I wasn't as aloof as some <laughs> eights could be and that my heart center was strong because I yes. feel like it is. Yes. But, um, and that even if it doesn't come across that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely know what you want and what you need to do, but it always is connected with the heart engaged and for the higher good. I mean, that came through over and over again in our one-on-one coaching, you know, the collaboration and the greater good that came up all the time when we were talking. Absolutely it did. And the ways that it did um, were probably another aha moment where um, in our conversations, I wouldn't necessarily know where it was going when I'm giving you a response, you know? Right. And so then when you would bring it back full circle, it to me was that, again, that realization where it reinforced what I knew was there, but yes. I maybe hadn't put a, a label on it or been able to really, really just um, understand what may have been motivating me or I knew I was motivated. I knew I was very decisive, but didn't necessarily know what was behind it without going through this entire process. Well, you just hit on a really important key, both of the Enneagram, but just executive coaching in general. And, um, I've really found that there's a need out there right now with so many organizations going through so much change. The executive coaching holds the space for busy executives who are on the go 24-7, 365, and just don't take the time to sit and process through issues. And when you sit with a coach who can hold that space for you, ask some thought-provoking questions, 
you always have the answers. It's just giving you that time and space to think it through and process it through in the presence of a coach. And then what the Enneagram does, it provides a framework and a vocabulary, a language that's a shared language. It makes it puts it all into a box that makes a lot of sense. It makes so much sense. And I think one of the maybe misperceptions about executive coaching is that I'm not, you're not there to coach me on how to do my job. No. I, I'm pretty sure I know how to do my job. Right. And so I think that can be a, a hurdle. And once people realize the tremendous value in an executive coach and the Enneagram coming together, mm-hmm. that is to me where it has been a really profound impact on my leadership, my own personal development as well. This yeah. isn't just all about your, yeah. you know, your professional um, development and, and leadership because right. we all lead within our personal lives as well. That's right. It's Some a holistic. more than others, I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it is holistic. You know, it's not separating this is work life. This is, It's like, how do you bring all those together and be authentic you within that and um, grow in both in, in all areas as a person, as a human? And it really helps I think achieve a balance that without coaching, you may not achieve on your own. And that's the same, I think holds true with anything you do. You know, you might be able to be an active, healthy person, but without a coach, you may not achieve the level of fitness that you want or, you know, your own wellness and well-being. So this is a part of my well-being that a coach actually was needed to help me recognize the potential that I wanted to reach and achieve. I think one time at, when we were done with our session, you said you felt like you just had a massage. <laughs> <laughs> I do guarantee you I said that because it's true. I did feel that. It was a release. Yeah. It was a, um, I, I don't know how to describe it other than that sensation where you feel like, wow, I can really take a deep breath now. Yes. Yeah. And, it's a physical and that was holding. a fantastic yeah. physical and very real experience. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, I I, uh, traveled to Duluth over the summer and spent some time in a uh, COVID-cautious way with your team. And uh, one of the things that we do with the Enneagram that I loved doing this work with your team is everyone on the team does the individual assessment and then they get grouped together and the team has a type itself. And your team was a type two, the considerate helper, I just was curious um, what your reflection was when you learned that, especially because you're sort of on the other side of the Enneagram at the eight. How did that play out for you? I wasn't surprised <laughs> once because I had actually gone through enough of the process with you through coaching that I was thrilled that we were a team too because of what we do overall. It, no matter what role our team members are playing, it is about helping and being there for our industry or for the individual visitor and consumer who needs our help and assistance or for the meeting planner who needs guidance to, you know, choose our destination. So in so many respects, it was such a perfect fit. And um, it it really, I think, strengthened the the team's bond around yes. what we do. I, it was just a really fantastic experience to be identified 
as a two, and then to learn how each of our types played into us becoming a two. Yes, that was really uh, noticeable uh, growth in the team connection during our work together, where your team had worked together for years and years and years, and they were learning things about each other through the Enneagram that they just never realized before. And it made a big difference in how they were receiving those things. That was remarkable to see happen between um, our team is all women, all female. And so to see women and coworkers connect at a level after knowing each other for, as you mentioned, many years in, in just about every single case and working together day in and day out. And then to find that that was the surface and this went so much deeper and it explained so many things that maybe were um, either just not, you weren't aware of or you just kind of accepted as, well, that's how so-and-so is or this is what so-and-so does and this is how I respond to that. And it really strengthened our team connection at a level that was just profound and um, to a depth that I found to be absolutely breathtaking. That's fantastic. You know, as we continue to navigate um, business through a global pandemic, how are you integrating the Enneagram into your organization's day-to-day operations? Have you done anything specific with the Enneagram that you can point to? Well, I will say with our team having gone through this process, now the team that remains, unfortunately, as many businesses have suffered layoffs um, and loss of team we have as well. Um, but for those of us that are here, it what we have realized is we rely on each other now more than ever to achieve with half of our staff what we were doing yeah. pre-COVID. Yeah. And so it also has given us so much grace because we can now say, oh, that's me. That's me being my eight and call each other out a little yeah, bit right. and, um, and and sometimes serious ways, but usually in a humorous way and being mindful of um, and aware, again, having that awareness to say, I need to give my coworker grace in this this situation because this is how they are going to process and cope with it where my method is going to be completely opposite. And um, so we've used it internally on many different instances, but I will say most recently we brought back one of our team members who had been on about a six month layoff Mm -hmm. and incorporated her into this process Mm -hmm. and team. And that because that has an immediate impact. Bringing someone back, there are so many emotions in play where, you know, that job was is critical, but when you have to make cuts, you have to make really difficult decisions and it's not about the person. Right. However, how does that individual then reintegrate and not have the the team who's been strapped and stretched to the, yeah. the limits? feel like, well, you had a great summer off, you had a beautiful fall, and we haven't been able to take two days off in a row. So navigating that, um, this has been a tool that 
I will be forever grateful for having access to to help us navigate that process mm-hmm. and the very real emotions and the very legitimate feelings that come along with trying to work your way through this pandemic and mm-hmm. keep a team that is cohesive, productive, but also um, human and yes. um, I think very, very much about trying to keep that communication at a level that is only going to help us move forward as we figure this all out. Yes. When you think about any organization going through change and reorganization and rebuilding now and how important the culture is foundationally to be able to build upon. And I I don't know if you agree with this, but I believe this is a great culture tool, you know. I I don't just agree. I I enthusiastically agree. I emphatically agree. Agree because we are living it mm-hmm. and experiencing it right yeah. now. And what I think really hit home for me as well was following our team's session with you. Mm-hmm. They individually came to me and said, "I have never felt more connected to you as our mm-hmm. leader." I've never felt more a part of an organization. I have never felt a a closer connection to our team. And that was, that really hit home for me that this is a tool that has made us able to not just survive, but really thrive as a team, which can't be overstated, especially during this time because you've got some mountains to climb <laughs> right now and big ones. some big ones <laughs> and if you think about it that piece of it being in place that team connectedness when you go to climb those you're going to all be pulling in the same direction understanding yourselves understanding each other and understanding how that all fits together for that greater good back to that it really is, and I, I love the analogy of dog sledding here oh, in yes, northern Minnesota <laughs> where you have the musher, but the musher is located on the sled at the back of the team, yes. guiding, leading from a position where you've put your team out front, all working toward that common goal, mm-hmm. but you have different team members on, on your dog sled team doing different things. But at the same time, you're all pulling forward together. Right. And that analogy so for me is such a visual yes. of what the Enneagram is oh, in so, so many respects, because you have a lead dog, but you have, you know, your musher and then all of the other dogs in the middle that are equally as important, but they they each bring something different. So I just love that because that to me is, it goes parallel with what the Enneagram really outlines and defines. That's beautiful. And I might add a nice shameless plug for winter tourism in Duluth. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's there. <laughs> Good for you. No, it's, it actually makes so much sense and the way you described it is perfect. You know, we, we'll talk a little bit about integration. Um, one of my favorite books, I know I've shared this with you, is um, The Road Back to You. The author is Ian Morgan Cron, and his quote that I use in a lot of my promotional materials and presentations is, Enneagram does not put you in a box. It shows you the box you're in and helps you to get out of it. 
And so that's a big part of our coaching that we do is getting out of the box, holding on to the strengths, the best parts of your type, and shedding yourselves of the challenges. So you have this great direct, uh, connection to the type two, which is perfect since your team is a type two. That's in the heart center. So you go from this action center eight to this heart center considerate helper two. Um, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? I think that has been so beneficial on my on my own level of awareness because then I'm able to identify where it's my communication style or whatever that might be that I'm able to play toward the strengths of the two and flex in that direction because that's what's going to resonate with the team most broadly. Yes. Um, And so having being able to recognize that has made our communication internally so much more effective and um, I think me more approachable when it comes to the comfort level of someone saying, you know, I just need a little more information mm-hmm. or, and, and it just immediately, I don't get irritated by that or annoyed yeah. or seem impatient. Like I may have previously, I'm not saying it never happens, <laughs> but what it does is that light bulb goes off and I recognize immediately that I need to go more toward my two. Yes. And I, I just, it's a, almost instant. It's, yeah. it's like you don't have time to really think about it, but yeah. it's in the back of your mind yeah. and you're able to say, aha, I need to give a little more here, yeah. a little greater explanation, whatever that might yes. be. So oh, it's, awesome. it's fortunate that we that I have that in my type because yes. I can relate to that. Yes, exactly. You know, and um, you, you bring up a great point about how it's almost second nature. Like that's a really good sign because any of these integration strategies are not how we're naturally wired. So they're all things that we have to learn and practice and experiment with and figure out what works. So it can be a little bit awkward at first, but when you coach yourself, like you're just explaining and say, here's one of those situations, time to tap my heart center and bring in my considerate helper. And it becomes almost like a split second cue and you're there that is a great sign of really smooth integration and and this whole process is working well for you but to your point it does take work and it does take practice um you know you you're a runner you don't just start running one day and then you run a marathon and so it is really critical to have that coaching to have the practice and then to continue practicing it and and letting it be in, integrated into your day-to-day. Yes, exactly. Now, you also have wings, a type 7 enthusiastic visionary wing and a type 9 uh, adaptive peacemaker wing. Which one of those shows up for you most, do you think? Oh, boy. You know, I, I like both of my wings. Um, <laughs> I would probably say 7. Yeah. Um, just because of the the work that I do, being mm-hmm. in a destination and working within so many different facets of our community, I I think I flex toward that, um, not just the enthusiastic visionary, but it ties in with being optimistic and yes. spontaneous and high energy. Yes, and fun. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and very expressive, which... <laughs> I, you know, I mean, those yeah. to me, not that I can't relate to my nine wing, 
Because I do. Um, I I am about kind of creating that balance, like the adaptive peacemaker wants to do and achieve that. Um, But I would say I'm probably more of a seven wing. Awesome. We're getting down to the last couple minutes, but because we have listeners from all parts of the country, how would you like the opportunity to tell us a bit about your beautiful city of Duluth, Minnesota, and why they should add this to their bucket list of places to visit? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, (laughs) Truly, I am, because I have chosen to build my entire career here because it is such a spectacular destination on beautiful Lake Superior. When you look at Lake Superior, the greatest of the Great Lakes, Duluth is an international shipping port at the furthest west tip of the lake. Uh, And from here, we are the gateway to a spectacular wilderness area that is second to none. We are a community of about 90,000, so we have great amenities that you wouldn't expect, and I think that's the best part is that we surprise people and just exceed their expectations because there are so many fabulous little gems here in our community, whether it's the local cuisine or our tremendous outdoor amenities. We've been named one of the top outside mag- or outside destinations in the country by Outside Fantastic. Magazine. Fantastic. So it's outdoor recreation, it's fresh air, and it's the people. We're just yeah. a tremendous Midwest getaway destination that has something to offer for everyone. Well, and because of the growing trend of outdoor tourism as a response to the pandemic, you are well situated. You do have four distinct seasons, I'm sure. <laughs> but- yes, we do. We are embracing winter, winter. right now, Good. and it is glorious Good. when we see... Lake Superior in her winter beauty, it means the sea smoke is rising because the air temperature is colder than the water temperature, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. And we have, you know, skiing, whether it's downhill, cross country, snowshoeing. All of our topography lends itself so well for Mother Nature's natural way for us to social distance. Perfect. And so we, we just really encourage anyone to come here and check us out. Thank you so much, Anna. This has been great. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I would love if they would like to email me, Anna, at visitduluth.com. We are on the web at visitduluth.com or on social media. Um, Just any way that they're comfortable, I would encourage because we would love to connect with your listeners and share share more of our story. Oh, it's been a great chat. The time flew by. I want to thank my guest, Anna Tansky, President and CEO of Visit Duluth, for sharing her leadership expertise and Enneagram experiences with us on the Self-Aware Leader podcast, where we talk about leveraging your Enneagram power to support continued leadership success. And best wishes to you, Anna, as you continue to lead your organization through challenging and uncertain times. Thank you for all the tools and gifts that you've given us to do so. We really appreciate it, Linda. My pleasure. And thank you to our podcast audience for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. We will be back soon with another dynamic guest, ready to hear more stories of successful leaders sharing their experiences of leveraging their Enneagram power to accelerate their leadership success. Until then, I am Linda John, host of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast, signing off from the Tucson Radio X Studios, located in the Stewart Title Company building on Broadway Boulevard in Tucson, Arizona. So long. Join us again on the Business Radio X Network for the Self-Aware Leader Podcast.